Hello. And we are doing a special interview this afternoon. <laughs> this is Aunt Linda from Aunt Linda's Country Tailgate. Both reached out to Cassie Tires to ask her to come on the show, and then we decided, hey, we'll just do it together. Absolutely, because I love doing interviews with you. Cassie Tires, how are you, my dear? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Very good. This is cool. Uh, now, you just released a new album. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 27th of September? Not pretty much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Called Hope Sing Ride. Yes. You are no stranger to us here in Sudbury because you are a Sudbury girl. Yes, that's correct. And you have been doing music for the better part of the last decade, if yeah, not Yeah, just before. a little more. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. first album came out in 2008, so 11 years ago. And before that, I was still touring a little bit with a, a non-for-profit organization called Beautiful. That's kind of where I got my start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were doing some really cool things with that. Oh, I miss it. It was amazing. It's, uh, yeah, you, so you're going out spreading positive messages to the young girls out there and playing music and just inspiring people. Yeah, that, you know, beauty isn't just uh, the outward appearance. It's, it's about who you are. And that inward beauty can really shine outwardly more than just looks or, or you know, hairstyles, makeup, clothing. And so we, we focused more on that inner beauty and just encouraging girls that they have such incredible value and such incredible worth. Can that, you jump in like tell us more about that? Kind yeah. of what you did for the tour and for what sure. the experience was like? So uh, I worked for this organization. It's out of Winnipeg. So I moved there for three years, uh, 2007 to 2010. And it was such an incredible experience to be able to put on these events all across Canada and the US. Um, my team was called the Beach Party. So we had this beach decor which was so much fun we had like the tiki torches and and bamboo mats and and uh smoothies and so it was like this whole experience so a girl would come in and just like look around the room and be like whoa like this is awesome you put this all on for us and we'd have speaking sessions and uh, live music and discussion sessions where we would talk about okay uh, where are we receiving messages about ourselves like, where's that coming from? Is it school? Is it billboards? Is it movies? Okay, and what are those messages? What are the positive messages? And what are the negative messages? And then we, we personalized it by writing those negative messages and ripping them up. And taking the positive messages and, and using those affirmations by even speaking it over ourselves. Like, I, you know what? I am beautiful. I am smart. I like to share with people. Um, I struggled a lot with thinking that I wasn't smart because scholastically I struggled, but I have different kinds of smarts. I have musical smarts, I have people smarts. Um, I'm good, fairly good with my hands with fixing certain things. <laughs> um, and I'm just more tactile, I'm hands-on learner. And so I like to encourage people that every single person is smart and valuable and their smarts may just look different than the way that school marks them. And uh, I think it's a really empowering thing. It is, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I love that you do that. Now, I for anyone who is listening that doesn't know who you are, please tell us a bit about yourself. Kind of okay. wanted to ask that first, but we got into that, but that's okay. <laughs> you just gave us a little bit of information yeah. about you. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I'm 31 years old. I was born and raised here in Sudbury. 
Um, my mom, she's really musical, and I kind of just inherited it from her. I remember my uncle at his wedding, my mother and aunt played Canon and D. Oh, I fell in love with it. My aunt on the violin and my, my mom on the piano. And I came home and I started playing some of it by ear. And she's like, yes, I'm a piano teacher. I'm going to teach you. It doesn't usually work, folks, teaching your child. But um, I had this love for music, and I, I was always more drawn to the string instruments. So it was grade seven when I picked up the bass guitar, and grade eight or nine when I bought my first electric guitar, which was actually $35 without strings. I didn't know if it worked. That is a bargain right there. <laughs> An auction. I didn't know if it worked, but it did, and it was great, and I kind of been mostly self-taught. I'm sort of a free spirit. Don't read music, just kind of feel it. Cool, cool. Actually, that's one of the things I wrote down about you that was going to be the intro, but that's okay. We're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, having known you for the better part of a decade now, I have come to know you as a determined artist. You're passionate about your music. You have an adventurous spirit and a giving heart. Thank you. Wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> I get to write your next bio? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's true. I mean, you're, you're very much all of those things. Uh, in the time I've known you, you're, you're constantly involved with um, helping organizations and uh, and promoting yourself too. You are your best promoter. Uh, tell us about some of the things that you've done to promote your music and your campaigns to raise funds so that you can record. It's the part I least like about music, <laughs> being a, an independent artist who has to do you know everything by herself. Um, so I make a lot of calls. Some of them are cold calls. I try to get warm calls, as I call them. Uh, so if I have a friend who has children, then I'll, you know, I'll ask her, hey, would you be willing to give this CD to your child's principal? Because I do schools, I do churches, I, I do restaurants, I do a few weddings, funerals, parties, whatever. I love singing. I'll sing pretty much everywhere, even, even uh, retirement homes. Um, but yeah, sometimes those are really helpful when you get a warm lead, people in a business call it. Um, but to raise money for albums, like, I mean, it costs a lot of money, uh, a little bit more than my, uh, car that I just bought, <laughs> which isn't that old. It's a 2014 little Honda Civic. And so it's difficult to, to raise that kind of cash. So last year we had a fundraiser concert and I, I got a bunch of different people involved as well as businesses who, who donated and. And we raised half of the album in one night, which was absolutely amazing because, you know, people, people in Sudbury who know me and love me to come and support me, it just, uh, it just means so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you make an album, are you, are you trying to target like the kids and the families that you would play for at churches or are you trying to tar make the listeners of the bar happier? <laughs> well, I would say probably not the bars necessarily because when I go into a bar or restaurant, I, I kind of mix it up. So I'll sing uh, Sarah McLaughlin or I'll sing uh, Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, and then I'll mix it. So one cover song, one original. So then it's a song that they probably have heard before and then a song that I've written. Um, so I probably would say like my target audience 
and done a business course too to raise money to get a grant and all that. And it's it's difficult to say who my target audience is because I just love singing for people. Um, but I'd probably say that sixty percent of those people are probably more so families and usually uh, church families. Those are kind of more of my uh, strong fans. That's where they kind of come from. It is interesting with you too because you also made a, ch- a children's album at the same time as making normal. So you have that balance of. Well, it's not actually quite a children's album per se. Uh, it's called Sing You to Sleep. And I actually wrote it because I kept meeting people who struggled with sleep. And uh, as someone who was basically an insomniac um, and who found hope, um, I really wanted to take some of that hope and give it to other people. Uh, so actually about half of our population in Canada actually struggle with sleep. And so this is adults, like with the, the more stress and high pace, it's it's understandable, right? And so I wanted to create this album that had these truths that I learned and just this relaxing um, album that would help people fall asleep or just, just kind of as you're relaxing, just taking a listen to the CD or some people use it as study music. But yeah, I would, I mean, I would say that it, like people, of all ages have listened to it and enjoyed it. Um, however, speaking of children's album, that is something on the horizons because I love singing for kids and and uh, it's semi on the download, but I will share that I'm working on a YouTube channel. <laughs> Probably won't come so it's out not until da- it's on the download it's, anymore. It's not on the download <laughs> anymore. I've never shared it on radio before because yeah. it's 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 a uh, it's a long process. But um, we're taking. Some of my original songs, I got a song about bubblegum, putting blue socks in there, which is from my uh, second most recent album, as well as some public domain kid songs like Twinkle Twinkle, and I've added to it, and we have these videos, and they're going to be fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it, but it's probably going to take the better part of another half a year, year before it launches, before we have like 20, 25 videos, but working on that with my amazing videographer cousin, Jono. He's fantastic. He's in Niagara, so it makes it a little more challenging. Nice, nice. Is he the one that did Blue Skies? The, no, or no, sorry, the um, Adventures Calling Me. No, that was actually a local person. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. he, he uh, has a business called Image, um, Image Video, and he's been a huge supporter of my music since the very beginning. And he sponsored that video, and I am forever grateful because that's my first like real music video. So it's a really of... cool video to watch Thank you, you on your motorcycle <laughs> and just traveling around. And that might actually be a good segue to talk about what you recently did for a radio tour. Yeah. Oh my goodness, um, it's been my dream for seven years or so to travel across Canada on my motorcycle with my guitar on the back. And it seemed like an impossibility because uh, financially like, I put all my mus- money into music. And so I didn't have money to put into my other favorite hobby, which is motorcycling. I used to race dirt bikes when I was a teenager and I love motorcycles. I just, there's something so freeing and adventurous about just being on a bike on two wheels, it's it's like nothing else. 
And so I had this dream and it seemed like it was impossible. And some people that I shared it with were like, uh, that's stupid. Like, why would you want to do that? Well, because I'm an adventurer, that's why. And so last year I got to go to the East Coast. I only had 12 days off, so I, I did a couple different gigs along the way. And I was in New Brunswick for four days, uh, singing at a motorcycle rally and taking part in the event. And uh, this year I actually had the amazing opportunity to go all the way to BC. So I had a month and uh, I did a bunch of gigs along the way. I finished my vocals for this new album, Hope Sing Ride in Winnipeg. That's where the record label was. And now it's the same producer, just no record label, they kind of dissolved. But I really like working with Jordan Jackie. And yeah, I got to visit family and visit friends and be in the mountains, which were unreal. I love the mountains. There's nothing like being by the mountains and the water, like Whistler, it was spectacular. I have to go back. You documented a lot of that on Instagram, Facebook, and it was really cool to follow you when you were doing that. And, And we have to stress, you're not with anybody. This is just you on a motorcycle and yeah. your guitar and the bare necessities to get <laughs> you through. It was a quite the large load. Uh, I had 50 CDs. I had my guitar stand. I had my chords. I had a small amp because I used it as a as a monitor as well as some of the gigs. They uh, didn't have the proper sound system. So with, like this Roland amp, it filled the sound. Uh, big room I could fill maybe 150 people and uh, that was quite the adventure carrying all that and okay can I bring this much clothes nope <laughs> gotta pare it down but it was uh, it was amazing I'm glad I brought my heated vest um, it was pretty nippy at the beginning one thing about the mountains you can have beautiful days oh, and then at night it chills right down or as you're going up the mountain it's you know 25 at the base of the mountain and about 10 degrees and it's raining it stops raining and then rains and it stops raining (laughs) so you got to be prepared or worse that four letter word that begins with s (laughs) how did you plan that out like what was your what when you sat down to think i want to do this tour i feel like that's not as easy as it sounds either (laughs) not really um thankfully like my dad is a big motorcyclist and so he came with me for the first week, which was really awesome. He came to Winnipeg with me and we got to hang out on Father's Day and it was pretty great. Uh, but planning it all out, it was, I actually <clears throat> didn't find out that I could get the time off work until April something. And I left June 10th, I believe. So it was less than two months. So I was calling all these places and emailing back and forth and trying to work it all out and some of the places that I stayed because I don't stay in hotels I stay in people's homes to keep the cost lower and I don't like to say I charge $1,500 for a concert or even a thousand I just say especially when it's a church I'm just like hey, pay what you want and I just trust that all my needs are going to be met and they always are and this tour I made a good chunk of change with with just that um, especially that the gas was only five hundred dollars for nine thousand seven hundred and twelve kilometers. That's impressive. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, yeah, it's emailing, it's calling, and even on the road, I was calling some places and emailing them. Hey, uh, I know that your cousin lives in this place. Do you think that 
she would maybe be willing to have me up in her house for a night. And uh, yeah, it all came together. Some of it a little bit more last minute than others, but it did and it was fun. It was great. And I want to do it again. Great. Now, the mom in me wants to know like, okay, you stay at these people's places. It's great. Oh, a place to have a shower, which is so nice. Yeah. A soft bed to sleep on, hopefully in most cases, maybe sometimes a Chesterfield. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone ever say, do you have laundry that needs to be done? Oh, definitely. Um, I stayed at like a cousin's house. I stayed at an aunt's house, stayed at another aunt's house, another cousin's house. I mean, a quarter of the time it was probably family because I have family all over and friends as well. And almost all of them would ask me, oh, do you need laundry? Because, yeah, I had about five or six days worth of clothes and I was gone for a month. So I think I did, you know, three, four loads at least. And I love that. Love the title. It's awesome. Um, I'm going to ask, but I probably know the answer. Where'd your inspiration for that title come? Well, uh, it was four and a half years ago. I was on the island. Uh, Manitoulin Island is where my nana is from and we have a little cottage there my cousin had got married and and uh, you know I was just sitting there I, I didn't even own a motorcycle yet I was longing to own a motorcycle because I had ridden dirt bikes like I said I was right I used to race as a teenager I didn't own a bike for you know around 10 years and my heart just longed to ride and I was just sitting there and just dreaming and kind of seeing it in my mind's eye this touring across Canada and it just kind of came to me because one thing that I try to portray in in at least almost every song is hope and it's something that I went without for so long I, I was deep into depression for for a couple of years of my life and it's so it's something I want to use music to to bring hope to people so that that's just a given for me hope and then singing and then I'm riding it just kind of it just kind of came to me hope sing ride and it's stuck and so now it's plastered all over my motorcycle <laughs> I got a bumper sticker and and it's a conversation starter mm -hmm. I go to a gas station and some people are like oh what's that what's this hope sing ride thing what are you doing and you know talk to them sometimes I give them a CD or a business card and some people uh, even keep in touch uh, there's this one guy Larry we were both taking a picture of the goose over in Wawa. And I said, oh, hey, nice bike, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to BC, I just came from BC. And we chatted for two or three minutes, gave him my business card, and he ended up emailing me later, and we kept in touch, and he's probably gonna come to my concert on November 1st, and it's just really neat how those kind of things work, because he's from Sudbury, and we were going in the opposite directions, and you meet the coolest people. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I love traveling, and I love meeting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> when it comes to venues, when you're doing stuff like that, what do you find is more fun to play? Oh, that, that's definitely a hard question because there's something unique about every venue that I go to. For instance, I played at the townhouse a few weeks ago, and that was my favorite time of ever playing at the townhouse. I don't know why, but these people were in a dancing mood. And I had at one time there was 10 people dancing. And I was singing some more upbeat songs and they were dancing and just having a blast. And this is dinner time, people. Like this isn't this isn't like a, a rock show. This is like me and my guitar. I've never experienced this before. And then I sang uh, I can't help but falling in love with you. So then I called up all the 
all the couples and there's you know about 10 people including a daddy and a daughter it was so cute that was so much fun but then you know i go and i sing at a, a concert at a church and people seem to be more open i find in in churches when i share i share maybe a little bit more in churches we had a cd release concert in uh, espanola on friday and it was it was fun because i had my band with me but it was also meaningful because i shared a lot and i had a lot of people talking to me after and and i love it when my openness can bring about openness in other people because you know we all struggle no matter who we are if we're rich or we're poor or in between um whether we have uh, a great family or not like we all struggle and to be honest about it i think is a really positive thing and then school i love singing in schools but the little kids are fun and i put on a separate show for them where it's more actions and more fun and 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 they only have to sit a little bit at the time and then i like singing to the older students as well i did a a mental health day over at Lockerbie for the grade sevens and that was great because I was able to open up with them and they opened up to me and and um, it's awesome like seeing students coming up to me and like especially I don't know usually boys don't come up to me and tell me that I touch their heart but like I had this one grade seven boy and he came up to me with a tear in his eye he's like your song, Unlovable, it just touched my heart and it made me cry because that's how I feel. And, you know, these opportunities to even plant these seeds of truth in people's hearts. And I may never get to see kind of that fruit of these seeds, per se, but knowing that, hey, like, I think I just made a bit of a difference here. Like that's that's the goal of my music. I just I don't want it to just be music. I want it to have some kind of lasting impact. That's that's the goal. And are you thinking about the listener when you make it then? Definitely, definitely. Um, I have a few people that I've co-written with, so sometimes it's just like editing where my executive producer has been like oh um did you take english class like did you graduate from high school like you went from first person to third person to first person well i wasn't really thinking it just went here's the song so now i'm better at actually doing some of that editing process myself but sometimes it's good to have someone from the outside say you know if you just changed a few of these words i think it would be a little bit more relatable and let's think about the audience. Like, if they're hearing these words, how is it going to make them feel? And so I try to take that when I'm writing a song. And so sometimes that does cause me to change the song a little bit more to to make it more relatable. Cool, cool. Um, you write a lot of things from your personal experiences. And that's so much of who you are as a songwriter. And I, I think as a songwriter, it must really help to know that your experience has connected with another human being when they hear that song. Yeah. Where, where does that inspiration come from in 
trying to pick those moments like what do you feel is worthy to write about I don't know I just write and I mean this album for instance I wrote it and I rewrote it and I rewrote it and I rewrote it out of the four albums this one has been chopped up the most which is hilarious because I thought it was always going to be my first album because my executive producer did a lot of the chopping and was like okay I like the melody tell me what this song is about because we need to restructure everything <laughs> and um but this album i did most of the rewriting and rewriting and rewriting um the inspiration it comes from anything and everything it can come from watching a person struggle it could be from my own struggle uh it can be from relationships it can be uh from just a, a thought sparked from a sermon um they just come from everywhere uh, just sitting and observing people sometimes I get a song idea and so I mean there's hundreds of songs that I've written and sometimes it's challenging to, to figure well which ones are recordable recording worthy and that's what's nice about you know her name's Melinda Zacharias and sometimes I'll just be like okay hey, these are like my top 20 now which ones are top 15 which ones would you think would work the best and then she gives her honest opinion and then give to my producer and then we kind of decide those top 10 or top 11 and, and uh, it's great having a team in that way for sure something you didn't have in the past when you first started back in well actually that's where it, where it did start was uh, in Winnipeg um, when I started with Beautiful Unique Girl they were attached to Avante Records and they were the ones who started recording with me I, I didn't really have a team when I recorded like a few songs in Sudbury, but I've sort of had that team on and off through the 11 years. Oh, cool. There was a quote that I, came, I saw on your Facebook page, and I have to read it because I absolutely love it. Uh, you said, music is a medium that breaks down barriers. Even someone who doesn't speak English can be touched by music. It's a miracle to be part of that, to give uh, to give them a laugh, to talk to people before and after a concert. It's a connection that music offers. I love it. Thank you. And and I just, I, I, I love what you say here because um, I'm, I'm pretty much an English-speaking person, yet uh, I know over the years, other languages, being in Sudbury, we're very multicultural as far as French-English. So you go to Festival Boreal, there's a lot of artists that are singing in French. Doesn't matter, might not be understanding everything they say, but you get the emotion and you feel that. So for anyone else, no matter whether it's Italian, German, Spanish, whatever, as long as that emotion's there in the music, that's what you are giving people. Yeah, for sure. And obviously it does help if you can understand what they're saying, because then you have this double whammy, you have the musicality of the song which that can touch a person you know even instrumental songs like they can just be they can just touch our hearts in incredible ways but then when you have the words and the musicality and they come together it's like it's like a double hook and I mean songs have spoken to me so much over my life and I think it's just such a like it's a gift to me that I am able to 
write songs and share them, record them, and then they touch other people's hearts. Like for me, that's what I get so excited about. It's like I get to do this. Like this is this is what I get to do. Really? Whoa! It's kind of like a dream come true. When I first went to Beautiful Unique Girl, I was late because I found out a month before it's the program started that I would be a part of this program, but I had already signed a contract to play on this music team in Muskoka. So I got there and I had one or two nights and we left on this huge tour. So the day after I got there, we had this meeting right inside of Vonte Records Studios. And you probably wouldn't recognize these names. They're they're pretty famous Christian artists, but Amanda Falk, who's now Amanda Cook, and Starfield. And, uh, well, Avante was a band that toured with them. And uh, a few other big, big names, Drew Brown, and, and they're really well known in this Christian industry. They've all recorded in that studio. Greg Sabell. And, I am looking around and I'm like, whoa, like this is a half a million dollar studio, they said. I could never be like that good enough to record like them. And literally six months later, I'm recording in that studio, maybe less. Hmm, awesome. The one name that stood out to me of all those names you mentioned was Greg Sabell. Yeah. Uh, love him. Oh my gosh, I have so good. I have his his solo music, but in 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 Canadian country, he's known to many people as the keyboard player for Paul Brandt. Right, right. And that's yeah. where I first met him. But then I got to know Greg as has in as his own person with his own music, and uh, I, I love that uh, gospel edge that he has to his music. Really talented. But I like how, especially from the perspective of hearing just tons of different kinds of music, I like how you aren't in one area. You know, like you can be, people can listen to without having to know that well, it's about faith. And sure. other people can just hear it and hear the inspirational message side of it, or this can hear for your voice, or isn't, you know, it's not in that box of this is Christian mm-hmm. country folk. It just sounds like a singer-songwriter doing their thing. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I try to be intentional about that because I want to be really inclusive and I don't want to, you know, ever come across as like this uh, biased or whatever. You know, this is how you need to be. And, um, it's just kind of like, it's more of a storytelling. It's more of a, here, this is, this is my story. And it's not really preachy or anything. That's, that's kind of the, the goal, is just hear the story mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. Well, I, I know with uh, so many of the country artists out there, um, we mentioned Paul Brandt. He mm-hmm. always has a very spiritual edge to a lot of his songwriting. Yeah. Uh, the boys in The Hunter Brothers, High Valley, yeah. um, the Abrams even get into that... Uh, bordering on on a, a gospel sound and and for me those are the songs that mean the most to me like I I hear them differently like it, it it sounds like a love song but it's not a romantic love song it's about their relationship with their higher power yeah which 
is, is really cool because we all connect to somebody, you know, even if you're an atheist or an agnostic, you still believe in something. So, yeah, it's, it's all how interpretation. Sure. interpretation. Exactly. So it's really great. But I love what you do. Absolutely do. Uh, your voice is very soothing. I was playing the new CD for my grandkids before I came today, and I asked the boys, how do you like it? It's really nice, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, and I feel like that's, that's definitely a really good point. Because when it comes to writing music, if it's if you're trying to hit a huge audience, it doesn't matter what it's about, as long as there's something that a listener can grab onto, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I'm I'm I noticed that a lot of your songs are stories, but it takes. But I'm curious if when you make your like when the songs are created. Do you think about what stories can I tell, or do you think more about what emotion am I trying to tap into than write a story about it that way? Well, <clears throat> how I'll explain it is the first draft of a song, there's no editing, there's no worrying about any of this stuff. It's just raw. Here it is. Here's the raw emotion. Here's the raw thoughts. Here, And I just plop it all out. Some of these songs, um, it doesn't take a lot of editing. It doesn't take a lot of picking it apart. It's just like, whoa, um, hey, wow, this, this makes sense, and this feels good, and whatever. And the producer is like, yeah, it, you don't need to touch it. There's been a few songs like that. Um, so, yeah, and each song is different. If there's a really raw emotion that I'm really trying to portray, then I'm not necessarily always thinking about my listener in mind of like, oh, will they like it? Oh, is it radio? Oh, is it this? Like, I try not to even think too much about radio because some sometimes I've written a song and even my producer, my executive person, yeah, this is radio. This is this is going on the radio. And then I and then I put it out there. Even spend money for a radio tracker to do it because they take them more seriously than us little artists <laughs> and they don't like it. So it's kind of like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be me. And yeah, maybe I'll put a little edge on this, but I don't really want to change it just to cater to the radio because even if I do that, it doesn't mean that they're going to play it. So yeah, I just, every song's different. And depending on the song, we give it a different flair or. Sometimes I just give my producer a creative license to just, hey, uh, this is what I have. What do you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be true to you, too. I mean, yeah, it, sure. if it's too fabricated, too in a certain box, and you're not allowed to represent the artist that you are, then you might as well not be doing it. Because expressing yourself through your music is what makes you you and your music what you give us yeah and sure. uh, you you shouldn't have to sway from that yeah and I agree and I, I mean I know people that have and and then what what's it all about then? right like then is it just music and so for me you know I've had people say oh do you want to be under a record label and in some cases I thought oh, it would be so nice to have people to 
do so much of the behind the scenes work and I just kind of focus on my music. But I mean, in some cases, if you do that, then you're like, they own you. They say what you're going to sing. And I just don't think that I could do that unless it was some kind of independent label or they're really on the same page. I think my goal would be if I wanted to do this full time to hire a manager or something like that. But yeah, I definitely, like, I even have songs about it, like, about being true to yourself. So if I sold out, like, what would my music be then? So. Mm-hmm. I have to stay true to that, and I have to stay true to, to the type of music that I write, and to my fans, my audience. I owe it to myself, and I owe it to them. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's um, that's a good way to wrap it up. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Cassie. Great oh, to have you pleasure. here. Yeah, thank, thank you. So you. Much. Great, great, Kyle. Thank you for for the time to to co-interview which I absolutely love doing with you it's so much fun mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice when uh, you can have two shows that have the same vision kind of come together and give theirs a platform I like that yeah yeah that's great all right so we've been speaking with Cassie Tires local artist and uh, check out her new album Hope Sing Ride for November 1st actually will be our CD release concert, which is going to be a blast. I have some amazing musicians and uh, Sarah Craig and Dave Carlson. I don't know if anyone knows those names, but uh, they're pretty prevalent in uh, in Sudbury. And uh, it's going to be a really fun night. So much fun playing these songs with the band. Great, great. And where's that location? It is New Sudbury Pentecostal Church, which is just on the Bike Street, corner of La Bike and Highway 17. And it's kind of just one of those pay at the door, whatever you want. Awesome. If you don't have money, just come and enjoy anyways. Okay, great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I'm Aunt Linda for Aunt Linda's Country Tale Date. And when is your show on, Linda? It is Tuesdays, <laughs> 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. And you can hear The Music Prophet Thursday at noon. So thanks for listening, everyone. That was fun. All right. Take care, everyone.